Every 68 seconds, someone in America is sexually assaulted. I am one of those people, and maybe you are too. If you're anything like me, you have burning questions, shame, guilt, and maybe fear weighing down on you at all hours of the day. Whether something terrible happened to you yesterday or 40 years ago, we all deal with the lasting effects of abuse and trauma of all kinds. To my fellow survivors, thank you for being here. Thank you for being courageous enough to just listen. To those who know a survivor, thank you for being willing to learn. To my listeners who aren't either of those things, thank you for supporting us by listening and learning. Every podcast episode I record has the possibility of being difficult for some of my listeners to hear, so be easy on yourself. Pick a time and place that suits you best, and don't be afraid to pause something and come back later when you found the courage to do so. I love you all, and I'm so glad that you're here with me today. Let's dive in. What's up, you guys? Today, we are talking about narcissistic personality disorder. And I probably sound a little too excited to talk about this, but honestly, I'm actually really passionate about narcissists and probably because I believe my abuser was a narcissist. And I've done a lot of research, let me tell you, because um, after my abuse, I really wanted to understand narcissists better. And I did learn quite a bit about um, just mental disorders in general while I studied psychology. And I actually took a course where we went through like all of the mental disorders in the DSM, which is the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, if you don't know. Um, But yeah, I'm talking about narcissists today because first of all, I think a lot of my subjects for my episodes lately have been like pretty deep and dark and just, I don't know, kind of (laughs) down. And they've been a little hard for me to talk about. So this one is a little more fun for me to talk about. And that's why I decided to choose this for the episode. And also, um, a lot of the relationships end up being abusive actually like happen from a narcissistic place. So like one of the people or the abuser mostly is somebody that has narcissistic personality disorder. So I just felt like it was very relevant for this topic and, a lot of times people don't know that they're in a relationship with a narcissist. So we're going to be going over the actual symptoms or I guess like diagnostic criteria for narcissistic personality disorder. And then we're also going to go over 11 signs that you're with a narcissist um, in a relationship, whether that be committed or not. And yeah. And then we're also going to go over what covert and overt narcissism is because there's two kind of different types and how it shows up to other people. So um, like I said, the DSM is the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. And I learned from this book that's updated quite often. They go, a bunch of people, I don't know who they are, but they go get together and they talk about, you know, what things need to be updated after a lot of new research and things like that. So um yeah, if somebody is going to be diagnosed with narcissistic personality disorder, why does narcissist have to be such a hard word to say? Um, but yeah, if they're going to be diagnosed with it, they have to have um, five, at least five of nine different um, symptoms. I don't, I don't even think that's the right word to say, to be honest, but I'm just going to say symptoms. So 
let me go over that really quick. The first one is a grandiose logic of self-importance. So pretty much just this grandiose feeling they feel above other people. They're very important to themselves and to the people around them in their own mind. They have this grandiose sense of self. It's out there. It's someone that's just super big on themselves pretty much. Um, Also, a fixation with fantasies of infinite success, control, brilliance, beauty, or idyllic love. Um, And by the way, you're going to hear some of these and be like, I know somebody that is like that. But remember, they got to have at least five of these existing at the same time for it to actually be a disorder. Um, And a lot of people in the world have narcissistic tendencies. So we don't know whether they're actually narcissists or not, which is why... I don't necessarily agree with throwing the word around to like describe people. I personally think that my abuser was a narcissist. And the reason is because I've seen probably all of these things in him. Um, But yeah, just wanted to say that. Uh, The third symptom, I guess, or criteria for this disorder is a credence that he or she is extraordinary and exceptional and can only be understood by or should connect with other extraordinary or important people or institutions. They have a really high standard for the people that they interact with. And anyone that's below this standard, they pretty much treat like chopped liver. Like they do not interact with those people because they are worth more than that in their minds. Um, Fourth is a desire for for unwarranted admiration. So Like they want to be admired by other people regardless of if they deserve it or not. Because in their mind, they do deserve it. In our minds, they did not warrant the admiration. Fifth is a sense of entitlement, which I feel like a lot of us have. But this is very um, major in somebody with this disorder. It's like so insane that people are like, what? Like you don't deserve that. But they literally believe that they do. Um... Sixth is an interpersonally oppressive behavior. So their interpersonal relationships, they become very oppressive to the other people that they're in relationship with. If And, and by the way, they don't normally interact with a lot of people at a time. They normally have like a, a few specific people that they're interacting with and they have like relationships with. But those people that they are in relationship with, whether it be friend or romantic... They become very oppressive and yeah, you can probably assume what that means. Um, Seventh is they have no form of or like experience of empathy. They don't feel sad or guilty about, you know, things that they do to other people. And if they do something that's like understood as wrong to somebody else in their mind, they can't understand how that would feel to the other person. They probably just think that they deserve it anyway. So there's no empathy there. And then eighth is a resentment of others or a conviction that others are resentful of him or her. Um, And then nine is a display of egotistical and conceited behaviors or attitudes. And this is a a point where it can be very covert or, or overt in experience. And so it's not always obvious that somebody has this disorder, actually, because some people have the this disorder and are very covert about it. So it's not obvious and out there and they don't like put these feelings out in the open. Um, and this is something that they do purposefully so that people don't know about it. Right. Um, 
So those are the nine characteristics or symptoms of this disorder. And like I said before, somebody with this disorder has to have at least five of them um, in existence, like at the same time, pretty much. And normally this starts in early adulthood um, and it can occur in a range of different situations. And yeah, so also want to kind of go over the statistics for NPD and it's probably not surprising to you because it's it's I feel like it's pretty well known that NPD is a lot more prevalent in males. It's about 18% of males present with NPD and only about 6% of females prevent with NPD present, sorry. <laughs> Hello. Um and within the general population that prevalence rate is actually only 1%. Um, and then within the clinical population, so people who go to um, doctors or psychologists, psychiatrists, and things like that, it's actually about 2 to 16%, which is a really wide range. Um, but yeah, so this occurs in more, you know, more men than women. And it also has a comor- comorbidity, which just means that, you know, somebody, if if somebody has one disorder, they also might have another disorder and there's like a more likelihood that they do. So a lot of times um, NPD occurs alongside of major depressive disorder. So in about 45 to 50% of NPD patients, they also have depression, which is interesting. And then bipolar disorder presents in 5 to 11% of NPD patients. So very, very interesting. And the other comorbidity that's seen very often is um, about 24 to 64, what? That is a huge range. 24 to 64% of NPD patients have substance abuse disorders. So, so, you know, um, alcohol or drugs and things like that. So yeah, that is the kind of overarching explanation of what narcissistic personality disorder is. There's probably a lot more that I could go into, but I don't want to take up too much time on that. I really want to move on to um, the 11 signs that you're dating a narcissist or are just in a relationship of some kind with a narcissist. And it's really important to kind of understand that narcissistic personality disorder isn't the same as self-confidence or being self-absorbed, things like that. It's not just because you see somebody on a dating app that's like taking lots of selfies or flex pics in the the uh, the mirror or something like that people might call that person a narcissist and they're like oh they're so full of themselves but it doesn't mean that they actually have NPD so you obviously need like the inflated sense of importance and um, a deep need for excessive attention and admiration, lack of empathy, and often having troubled relationships is a huge thing for people with NPD. So those are the really important signs of NPD. And yeah, that's what I like to really emphasize is that it's not just somebody that's like super overly confident or whatever. Um, they really do have to have, you know, at least five of those nine characteristics that I explained before. So um, let's go over the 11 signs that you could be with a narcissist. Um, the first being that they were really charming at first. And that's kind of a important um, point there is that they were charming at first and then 
it kind of went off the deep end from there. Um, so it started, you know, very fairy tale like it was um them telling you really nice things about you or love bombing you which some experts use that term it's like they're just oh my gosh like they are covering you in love and compliments and all of these things and telling you oh you're so smart and we're so compatible um just when you're starting to see that person and they think that they deserve people who are super super special and special people are the only ones who can appreciate them. So that's kind of how it starts out. Like they assume, oh, this person's absolutely amazing. And like they have to be because I deserve somebody amazing. Um, but as soon as you do something that disappoints them some, in some kind of way, they turn on you a lot of the times. And how they treat you has nothing to do with you, but everything to do with their own beliefs, like about themselves. So this is a common place for like where the abuse actually starts is after that kind of really quick and crazy honeymoon stage, it completely like dive bombs off and becomes abusive at that point um, because they probably realize like, oh, this person isn't as perfect as me or whatever. I don't even know what really goes on in their brain, but they are charming at first, they love bomb you, they get you hooked pretty much, and then it goes off from there. Um, so yeah, if you had that experience with somebody where it's just crazy, amazing, and they're just love bombing you <laughs> like up the butt pretty much um, in the very beginning, but then it goes pretty much a 180 from there, then they could be a narcissist and it could be kind of the beginnings of narcissistic abuse. Um, secondly, they hog the conversation and they pretty much just talk about how great they are because narcissists love to talk about their own accomplishments, achievements, and they are very grandiose about that. Um, they do this because they feel better and smarter than everyone else. And it helps them to create like this appearance of being really self-assured in themselves. Um, and they'll often like exaggerate their accomplishments and embellish their talents in stories that they tell you to gain admiration. Um, and they're, they're also just way too busy to talk to you about yourself. And basically your partner won't stop talking about themselves, but they also won't engage in conversation about you. Um, and I forgot to even mention, but the first one where I talked about like love bombing and all that stuff that definitely happened to me with my abuser and where, where he was very like, he gave me lots of compliments in the beginning and was super like almost aggressive about it. And then, um, the second one where they just hog the conversation, talk only about themselves. Oh my gosh, that was totally us. Like when I think about our conversations now, it's like pretty much he was having a conversation with himself. Like I like, and every time he talked to me, it was like, he was talking at me kind of thing. Like I never really got a word in edgewise. And so, yeah, that was definitely something that I experienced. Um, number three is that they feed off of your compliments, like any kind of praise you give them. Oh my gosh. Like they will hook onto that. And a lot of times they will fish for the compliments if you're not giving them to them because they need it and they look to you to tell them how great they are. They use other people 
um, especially other people who are really empathetic. Like that's something that narcissists tend to hook onto is people who are very empathetic and loving and giving because they know that that kind of person will give them the attention and compliments and all that stuff that they need. Um, and unfortunately I'm a very empathetic person, so we can all probably understand why my abuser like picked me, I guess you could say. Um, but yeah, they look for those people to give them that sense of self-worth and to make them feel very powerful. And it's because of their low self-esteem. Like while people don't know exactly why narcissistic personality disorder presents, most experts believe that it's, it actually comes from a super low self-esteem within them that they don't even really realize is there. And all of these actions kind of cover up for that. Um, and they don't have to face it themselves. So they need this very like, um, well, they have this very strong need for compliments pretty much. So yeah, you have to really understand whether the person you're with, I mean, there's, there are some people who do have low self-esteem, but they'll actually like address that, you know, like that's kind of where the difference is. Somebody who has low low self-esteem needs some compliments, needs encouragement, but they'll address and admit the fact that they need that and like, you know, they'll say like, oh yeah, I'm not super confident in myself, you know, like a narcissist will never say that and they will punish everybody around them from their lack of self-confidence, a narcissist will, so yeah, they need others to lift them up and they also put other people down to lift themselves up and so that's how they kind of punish the people around them and kind of feed off of their their um, compliments and things like that. Number four, they lack empathy. This is honestly the most interesting one to me because I just don't get how somebody can't have empathy. Like it doesn't compute in my brain, but people who have NPD, they um, just don't have the ability to feel how another person is feeling. That's like one of the most hallmark characteristics of a narcissist. Um, They lack the skill that makes you feel seen, validated, understood, accepted, because they just don't grasp those feelings whatsoever. Um, They just don't do emotions that belong to other people, like at all. And like this kind of shows up in a relationship. If, you know, think about whether your partner cares about when you had a bad day at work. Like if you did, do they just dismiss it and like don't, they just don't get why you're so upset Um, do they care about when you had a fight with somebody like your best friend, or maybe you had an issue with your parents? Like, do they really care about that? And do they understand how you feel? Um, do they get bored when you express the things making you mad and sad? And do they just kind of brush those things off too? Um, they won't empathize and they won't even sympathize. Uh, and that's why a lot of these narcissists, like, the relationships collapse a lot of the times um, because people can't just can't understand why that person doesn't empathize with them and will listen to like their issues and things like that. But that can become very abusive as well as you can probably tell. Um, number five, they don't have any or many long-term friends. Um, and a lot of times their family relationships aren't great either, as you can probably um, guess. And this this definitely showed up for my abuser. He only had like freaking, I don't know, three friends or something. And he had very terrible relationships with his family. Um, 
And yeah, I think part of it was probably NPD for him, but also the abusive past that he dealt with. And if you kind of can figure out, like, are the relationships that your partner has, like, are they actually deep relationships or are they more casual acquaintances and, you know, people they can talk down on and I don't know, like, they also tend to have friends um, specifically that make them look better. So if somebody is like really well known or loved by other people, they'll make a point. They, they might try to make a point to be with that person as a friend because it makes them look better. But if they feel like they can't compete with that person, they'll actually tear them down purposely because they're like threatened by that person. So um, your partner, if they have NPD, they might lash out at you when you go hang out with your friends. They might claim that you don't spend enough time with them and make you feel really guilty for spending time with your friends um, or berate you for the types of friends that you have. So questions you can ask yourself for this, like, does your partner have long-term friends? Do they have deep relationships with those people? Um, do they have or talk about wanting a nemesis, which is kind of a weird thing to say, but they tend to want to have this one person that they're against because they can always tear that person down to make themselves look better. And how does your partner treat someone they don't want anything from? So that's something I mentioned a little bit earlier where, okay, they're like, oh, well, that person isn't as great as me, so I'm just not gonna even have a relationship with them at all. And I'll talk down on them too to make myself feel and look better. Um, number six, they pick on you constantly. <laughs> and this is something I've touched on a little bit with my abuse that I experienced with like verbal abuse and things. Um, it might feel like a tease at first, but it becomes really mean and constant. Like it's just a constant. And a lot of times it can be like kind of passive aggressive too, but it's definitely picking on you and being very mean and nasty to you. Um, like everything you do, what you eat, what you wear, who you hang out with, it becomes an issue for whatever reason. Um, they might put you down, call you names, hit you with hurtful one-liners, make jokes that aren't even funny. And their goal is to lower other people's self-esteem so that they can increase their own and it makes them feel very powerful over that person. And they also love the reaction that they get from that because it shows them that they have the power to affect somebody else's emotional state. So kind of a warning sign in your relationship is um, if they knock you down with insults when you do something worth celebrating, that is a huge red flag. And a narcissist might say you were able to do that because I didn't sleep well or some excuse to make it seem like you have an advantage that they didn't have. So if you're competing with them like they'll and you won for some reason, they would definitely chalk it up to something else because they can't have you being better than them. So this is something I definitely experienced and I've already kind of explained that in past episodes, so I won't go into that. Number seven, they gaslight you. So I talked about gaslighting two episodes ago, I think it was, and um, it's a form of manipulation and emotional abuse and it's a hallmark of narcissism. Like if they gaslight you and they have a lot of these other traits and they're probably a narcissist, <laughs> um, they definitely spew blatant lies they falsely accuse other people and they spin the truth and ultimately that all distorts your reality um and i'll just kind of quickly go over some signs of the gaslighting that i kind of went over before but um, you no longer feel like the person you used to be you feel more anxious and less confident than you used to be you often wonder if you're being too sensitive 
you feel like everything you do is wrong, you always think it's your fault when things go wrong, you're apologizing often, you have a sense that something's wrong, but you aren't able to identify what it is, you often question whether your response to your partner is appropriate, and you make excuses for your partner's behavior. Um, I could say I probably experience every single one of those in my relationship with the narcissist that I, you know, was friends with, or I don't know what you want to call that. Um, but obviously you can kind of see like all these signs that you've been gaslighted here. That is very obvious why a narcissist would make sure that their partner feels that way, right? They do this to cause others to doubt themselves. And then the narcissist can gain superiority over that person. And they thrive off of being like worshiped by that person. And they use these like manipulation tactics to get you to do that. Um, number eight, they dance around defining the relationship. So a lot of times they don't want to label it. They just want to be friends with benefits or um, maybe they want to be with other people or just keeping it casual. And if your partner is exhibiting some of the other symptoms on this list and won't commit, it's likely a red flag, like very big red flag. Um, and I want to like make sure that you guys know I'm not saying that somebody who wants to be friends with benefits only or won't define a relationship is a narcissist, but with everything else being present, so all of those other characteristics and this one, that is a big red flag for sure. Um, they'll expect you to treat them like your partner so they can re reap the intimate emotional and even sexual benefits, but they're also keeping their eyes out for prospects who they deem superior. So the issue for them is like, what if the person that they're with, which might be you, is not actually as great as they thought you were. So they have their eyes open for other people um, because they will drop you as soon as they find somebody that they think is superior. Um, and if you speak up and you know own your feelings about their disrespect and um, try to confront them about this, they'll often blame you for causing a fuss and call you crazy and use it as a further reason to not fully commit to you. So they'll just keep like going in circles and circles and they just will not um, commit to you. And the sad part is you can say something and they'll, you know, blame you and not commit to you fully even more so. But at the same time, if you don't say a word about it, that also gives them the non-spoken message that you don't deserve to be respected. So then it's just a lose situation all around. Um, but obviously you, if you are in a relationship with somebody like this, or you have been, then obviously you deserve to be with somebody that wants to commit to you. Right. Um, so number nine, they think they're right about everything and they never apologize ever, ever, ever. So yeah, arguing, arguing with a narcissist is impossible or it feels impossible because it kind of is. Um, there is no debating, no compromising with a narcissist and, in their minds, it's be it's because in their minds they're always right, and they won't even really see a disagreement as a disagreement. They'll just see it as them telling you the truth about like what they what they think is the truth, pretty much. Um, and this can come out in a relationship if you feel like your partner doesn't hear you, won't understand you, does not take responsibility for their part in the issue, and doesn't ever try to compromise. And like I said, these things can be present outside of a narcissistic, abusive relationship, but obviously with everything else in the list, um, this can 
turn out to be NPD. So the other side of this is that not only are they always right about everything, they also never apologize for anything. So even if your partner does something obviously wrong, like not showing up for a dinner reservation with you or not calling when they said they would or canceling plans last minute, um, these things are, they seem pretty small, but a narcissist won't even see that those things are wrong and they will definitely not apologize. Whereas in a normal relationship that's healthy, obviously that person would be like, oh, I did something wrong and I should apologize for that. Um, yeah. So number 10, two more. Number 10 is that they panic when you try to break up with them or, and whatever the relationship is. Um, and that is where the love bombing actually will come back. So they'll give you all the compliments, say all the right things to keep you in the relationship, tell you that things will change, but you'll soon realize that they will actually not change and they never have changed or will change. And, This can be when the partner will, you know, officially try to get out of the relationship. And that's where number 11 comes in. Um, When you show them that you're really done, they lash out. And their goal is to hurt you for abandoning them. So their ego is so severely bruised that it causes them to feel rage and hatred for anyone who has wronged them. Um, And that's because everything is everyone else's fault, including the breakup. So they might badmouth you to your face. Um, They might start immediately dating someone else to make you feel jealous and help their ego. They might try to steal one of your friends or somebody that you know that you really like. And a good reputation means everything to them. And that's why they'll do this kind of thing. Um, And they won't let anyone or anything interfere with that reputation. And I would say I definitely experienced this, but the manipulate it was more so like manipulation and it was abusive and like I don't know what I remember one very specific time that I tried to leave this so-called relationship with my abuser and he said a lot of things like oh like you're such a child like it's not a big deal or you know just it was kind of like the gaslighting thing um and eventually talked me into like staying in the relationship I guess you could call it But yeah, so that's like the 11 signs that you could be with a narcissist. And honestly, this isn't even just for people that like could be in a relationship with one right now. I think it's also important just to know these things because if you ever get with somebody in a relationship and you heard this episode for some reason, you would have these things in the back of your brain and like you'd be able to notice them much easier So I feel like it's just really important to know everything there is to know about narcissists before you were to get into a relationship with somebody. But if you are with a narcissist and you're kind of realizing it after hearing all these things, and maybe you've seen things or heard things before too, but this is like confirmation of that. Like you are not alone, obviously. Like a lot of people are in relationships with narcissists and I know that you know, you're, you love them and they are important to you. And there's probably a lot of abuse going on that makes you have this trauma bonding and all these things. But there is a point where you probably will understand and feel like you need to break up with that person because it's just never going to be a healthy relationship and they're never going to be able to fulfill that role that you should expect from a partner, right? Um, So 
in breaking up with a narcissist, like you have to remind yourself that you deserve better than that. And you have to also tell people around you that you are with a narcissist to really strengthen those relationships and actually have empathetic people around you because they'll support you in that. And you have to have that support um, system around you that'll remind you what is actually reality because that narcissistic person will constantly make you question your reality. And I would also suggest, especially because, you know, if you are with somebody that's a narcissist, you probably love them. I mean, you wouldn't be with them if you didn't. And something that you can do to really care for them is urge them to go to therapy, which probably won't happen, but you can still try and um, in whatever way that you can, but you also should get a narcissist or a therapist yourself because after, you know, being with a narcissist, a lot of things in your brain don't really work as well as they used to, or they work differently than you, than they used to. And you'll have, you know, I, I honestly think that being with a narcissist can cause a certain kind of like PTSD because you hear things differently. You expect different things from other people, and you also have this very low self-esteem at that point because they've just been putting you down so much, like the whole relationship. So yeah, those are the 11 signs that you could be with a narcissist and great to keep in mind for people that are getting in relationships with other people, um, you know, getting to know other people, but also for somebody that could be in one right now and just understanding like what that means and um, what a narcissist really is. And I also said that I was going to cover really briefly, like what covert and overt narcissist can look like. Um, covert as, you know, just a, a word, the definition of that is a behavior that's less obvious and out of our awareness. Um, it's not openly acknowledged or displayed, whereas overt means the behavior is done in the open. It's readily apparent and noticed. So for narcissists, the covert narcissist appears more reserved and introverted. So they don't really talk to a lot of people, um, they're not, like, they're just very quiet and you might not even notice that they are a narcissist unless you actually got to know them really well. Whereas an over narcissist, they're very loud and they're like very obviously insensitive to other people and to their needs. And they have absolutely no issues in seeking compliments from other people, like right out in the open. Whereas covert narcissists, they tend to appear more inhibited in their behaviors. So that's something that I thought was really important to go over because I first started learning about narcissists and I didn't really like, I just didn't really think that a lot of the, you know, grandiose and very outspoken characteristics related to my abuser because he really wasn't like that at all. He was super quiet. He barely talked to anybody at work and, um, he was very selective with who he would you know, communicate with. And then I read about overt narcissists and I was like, oh, that makes sense. So anyway, or sorry, covert narcissist is what he, well, what I think he was. Um, so yeah, I don't think I want to go too much deeper into that, but yeah, that's all there is to really know about narcissistic personality disorder and how that can show up in relationships especially like dating relationships. And I hope that if you have experienced a narcissistic relationship and maybe you didn't know that that's what it was, I hope this gave you some kind of understanding of that. And if you are in a narcissistic relationship or in a relationship with somebody with um, NPD, like I hope you, you know, heard this and have a better understanding and can hopefully, you know, rummage up the courage to 
break off that relationship because it's definitely not going to serve you in the short or long term. And I hope for everybody this kind of gives you an idea of what a narcissist looks like so that you can spot it easier and, you know, don't decide to get into a relationship with somebody um, that is a narcissist. And also want to just briefly mention that if you are in a relationship or have been in a relationship with somebody with NPD, just know that you're not crazy, you're not stupid, and I understand you, I'm with you, I have been there and I've definitely felt all those things myself for having, you know, chose if, if it, you know, feels like I chose to be in some kind of relationship with that person and you can definitely feel really stupid because they off, often make you feel that way, but I just hope that anyone who's been in that situation understands that they are not stupid and they have a lot of worth. Um and yeah, that's pretty much all that I wanted to cover. And I know that was probably kind of all over the place and I was trying to be really quick with it, but I appreciate you guys listening. And if you haven't listened to any of the recent episodes, I definitely encourage you to go back and listen and appreciate you guys listening to this episode. I hope that you'll meet with me next week. Next Tuesday, I'll be dropping the next episode. have no idea what it'll be about. I like kind of like this whole going off the seat of my pants kind of thing with these episode ideas um, and topics because, I don't know, I just like to kind of be more spontaneous with it. But yeah, thanks for listening and I'll see you guys or talk with you guys next time, I guess. Hello, hello, it's me again. Uh, I wanted to just end this with a request from y'all. First of all, I would really appreciate some suggestions for future episode topics. I'd love to hear about what you would love to hear from me. And also, I'd really, really, really appreciate if you could share this on your social media accounts, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, whatever. Um, Share this because I know there's people out there who are just like you that could really benefit from listening to this kind of podcast. Uh, Another thing I would really appreciate is if you guys could go on to Apple Podcasts and if you loved this episode and are excited to hear more from me, you could just put a review on there. Um, I would just really appreciate that because it would show Apple that, you know, I have a listening and people are interested in what I have to share. So yeah, thank you guys so much and I'll see you next week. Thank you.